Hello, this is the house on Valencia Street. I'll be your host. I use explicit language. Topics of conversation will include ghosts and the paranormal and psychic ability. We discuss truth here, and I am an incest and rape survivor. Other topics that may be covered are humor, comedy, spirituality, growth, um, violence against women, permission structures that allow this, let's see, sexism, racism, uh, classism, uh, race, gender, and socioeconomic demographic bias, make and do with what you have, recognizing what you need to get accomplished so you can move to the next part. Agnosticism, atheism, Christianity, Buddhism, that's my flavor. Um, art, poetry, today writing, today France, uh, France, French writing, France, a French writer. Um, oh, willful education, recovery, therapy, kink, BDSM, um, <laughs> autonomy, child-free lifestyle, or being partnered and being selective with how much you share. Hmm? <laughs> I think that's a good dive in. These topics can be triggering. I need you to use your discernment. That is the price of admission here. If mental health stuff is kicking up for you, I encourage you to talk to a licensed board certified therapist, someone who's qualified to give you a bit of perspective and a bit of education to provide context clues so you can get the tools that you need to get to the next place. So I heavily encourage you to get to a therapist, a licensed therapist, that is not me. Uh, this is one case study, one person's perspective, somebody who survived. If you don't have money for a licensed therapist or what have you, there are a couple 1-800 numbers in my notes. You can go ahead and give them a call. Sometimes late at night you need somebody to talk to or just someone to know that you're alive, you know, and that you have to process something. <laughs> I've got a website. My website is called anchor.fm forward slash MoMA. Now there's been some updates because Spotify has changed its name, but I'll, although anchor.fm forward slash MoMA is still working. You can go ahead and find my podcast there. You can find the notes there. You can you can donate to the podcast. I would fantastically love that. And just look at my ancestors. This is to honor my ancestors and also to talk about the ghosts and the things that happen. <laughs> I've got a couple weird things to share today, as normally I would, because <laughs> I'm weird anyway. Okay, let's see. <laughs> we got we got the preamble out of the way. Um, the house on Valencia Street is a haunted house in Walla Walla, where I spent some years as a child. Uh, going into preteen today, I've got some letters that uh, arrived at the house on Valencia Street from myself as a child to my mother, Darlene, uh, written while I was living at my father's house. Uh, and this was in the late 70s because mom was in a mental health institute because she'd been beaten into the institute. And when I came back from California, uh, mom had the house. Well, I was writing her at the house on Valencia Street. But I, um, I, I wanted to get back home, and I was writing her about that and what it was like to be living with dad. Anyway, so there's some. The, the house on Valencia Street was haunted as fuck. Uh, I experienced a lot of life changing. What I say, yeah, life changing events there. Yeah, and um, they also said it was haunted. 
So this vortex or this location where there was this in-between, where there was something poltergeistic happening, where there was something sinister and also something young and naive, there was something alive there. And it was beyond just the human beings that were going in and out. Um, that's the house on Valencia Street. It's also a place where I hold space with my ancestors and acknowledge what is. We are survivors of incest and rape. Uh, I did not have justice for my rapist. There were multiple rapists in my family. We survived. We got educated. A lot of us got therapy and recovery. Some of us healed in different ways. Uh, this is one case study. So let's get into it. We gonna get into it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. It's the house on Valencia Street. Oh, it's the 18th of September, 2023. Um, I'm going to start this podcast. There'll be a couple kicks out to this uh, author, Colette, a French author that I'm exploring a bit and have for years now and again. Uh, this is a quote from uh, Colette. My house remains for me what it always was, a relic, a burrow, a citadel, the museum of my youth. That's from The Sentimental Retreat, written by Colette in 1907. Hmm. I feel a bit like that with a, a house on Valencia Street, certainly. Hmm. All right, before we kick into the uh, reference that I'm going to share, that's kind of the main meat of this story. Uh, do we start with letters to the editor? <laughs> okay. Do, 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 do. Letters to the editor. Letters to the editor. Do, 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 do. This is a letter that I wrote in the late 1970s. It was addressed, and I'm looking at the envelope. Uh, that has a hand stamp from San Diego, California, where my daddy used to live. The salesman, yeah. And my little hands, <laughs> I hadn't even hit puberty yet. Um, I could see Valencia, Walla Walla, little hand stamp and the year and my, my name. And, oh, so strange in my little handwriting 40 years ago. And it's some more than that. Anyway, this will give you an indication of what my father was like. <clears throat> Quote, this is me writing to Mama at Valencia Street House. She has been beaten into the hospital. She has, uh, she's in a mental health ward. When she came out, she came out to her abuser being her manager at the post office, and she had been renting Valencia Street House. I think we'd already been there for a little while. But I would go and visit dad sometimes in between when it was rough. And um, so mom's at Valencia Street House and I'm writing her now. And I'm trying to understand my father. But uh, here's a little insight to what he was like to be with as an 11-year-old girl. Quote, we went to an ice cream place and we got the ice cream free because dad knew the manager of the place. The manager came out to the swap meet and bought $500 worth of arrowheads. Dad gave him a free arrowhead. The manager gave Dad a ticket so he could get a free half gallon of ice cream. <laughs> hmm, here's another part. Uh, Dad gave me $12, $2 for my allowance, and $10 as a bonus for washing these books. Dad bought 
about 5,000 books. I had to wash them all because he bought them from a lady we had who had stored them for a long time. <laughs> Quote, dad made me go through and wash books because they were dusty and he wanted to put them out. I'm not sure if he was giving me busy work, but knowing him, he wouldn't have paid me to do stuff unless he needed me to do some. Anyway, um, my father later ended up in prison for selling fenced goods at his pawn shop. <laughs> and that's the only time I got written letters from my father was when he was in prison because he'd been selling fenced goods at a pawn shop. Um, one thing I'll say about my dad, I inherited his ability to make deals and stuff like that. My mama had that capacity as well, but dad could lie. That was the deal with it. Dad could lie and dad could deal with nefarious people and dad could deal with illegal stuff and he'd be just fine with it. And that's why he ended up in prison. Um, but this is an example of me trying to understand and I'm only like 11, 10, I'm between 10 and 12 years old here uh, watching my dad make deals and seeing how he does things. So that's an example. That's a letter to the editor and that's me talking to Darlene at uh, House on Valencia Street. All right, next up. Um, oh, okay. Doot, 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 doot. My mother and her weird humor. Doot, 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 doot. My mother and her weird humor. Okay. <clears throat> this is an example of my dead mama talking to me while I'm doing research. <laughs> uh, I'll pause for a second. When I connect to my mama and we're, we're talking about things, one thing that happened when mom died is that we had books and books and books and books and books that she had this rickety little four or $5,000 single wide mobile home in the back of this rickety old retirement home community. And, uh, you know, it was an old house. She probably couldn't have sold it. You know, these days mobile home communities or mobile home parks or what have you, they want nothing older than 10 years. Right. So, um, anyway, so she got a pretty good bargain on the place, but, uh, books and books and books. She put a lot of money into books and pens and papers, you know, the girl from the post office. When I connect to my mother and I think about what I want to do when I go across the other side or one thing that's a connection that's a thorough thread, a thread that goes all the way through. Uh, I'm a writer. I, I deal with words and origin and writing, uh, letters and writing and scribe work, studying literature, library work. That's interesting to me. I want to know everything. I want to know all the origin stuff. I want to, I want to give me, you know, solve all the puzzles, right? That's something that really appeals to me. Mama read a lot too. And frequently when we would go through her books, there would be, two, you know, copies of one book, there'd be two or three versions of it. You know, I still have some of her books here and I really appreciate how smart she was. That was the thing she left me was her intelligence and her books and her desire to learn, you know? And when I cross over and I see us and when I've had visions of her in my dreams, it's like she's a scribe or a nun and she's um, in a place of learning like the library of Alexandria or uh, the library, the Royal library of Nineveh or the Royal library of Ashurbanipal. You know, that's the kind of place she is just simple clothing, you know, focused on the knowledge and, and the um, documenting things. So when I think about going over, when I do my daily meditation, sometimes when I'm talking to her, when we're connecting, it's like we're in a large library. 
there's like a lot of books and things around because there was always books around mother, even if she was poor, she had paperback books and she had paperback books of, you know, Feynman and physicists and all kinds of things. Sagan, Carl Sagan. Okay. <clears throat> so <laughs> I bring this to you to say, um, when I'm doing things organically and I'm trying to figure out this process here or the work that I do with my AI scripting and prompt engineering work that I do, I do it kind of organically. Um, I kind of do it like I'll research this and then I'll look at that and then I'll look at six or seven different things and then it will kind of come together, which is kind of like how I do tarot cards, which is kind of like how I make decisions. I have to research several things and then it comes to me and then I know and then I take action many times. This is something that happened while I was doing some research this week. Uh, I was researching Pousset, uh, which is Colette's home in France. And um, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about her home because it's one of my ideal homes. When I visualize the place I want to live, it's like the courtyard in um, at the parents with Cido and Colette's father where she grew up. Um, so I was researching Colette's home and I found the city. I was researching the city because I, I was really thinking about, I want to go visit I want to go visit France and I want to go to the, the home where this author spent time writing and was happy in the garden with her animals and her plants and her parents that were just fine with how dreamy she was. You know, I was thinking, what a beautiful place to go visit. This place where this writer cultivated like a hot house flower was able to like grow. What a beautiful thing to think about visiting. So I was thinking about this beautiful city and how wonderful it might be to experience this life that, you know, to be in the place where Colette had been a hundred years ago growing up. Uh, like my mother and my, well, my grandma, you know, she was a writer, yet she had to mechanically work to a lot. She had to sacrifice a lot to survive. Here we are researching Pousset and um, spelled P-U-I-S-A-Y-E. I found in the city they had this thing called the Gallery of the Old Post Office, and there was a strange kind of abstract artwork associated with it, but it looked like it could have been ink stains, and that's something Mother had. When she would come home from the post office, there were all these little implements of her work. Some of them, the biggest ones, were these little rubber fingertip things. They were like little beehives that were maybe, oh, well, I don't know, two inches long. And it shouldn't have to two inches long with ridges in them so, so that she could grab paper. And so to save her fingers, uh, she would have these little rubber, they were like extra long thimbles, you know, that would go down to your second joint. And they were big long, and so that she would use those on the paper. So there were like half a dozen of those around the house and they smelled like rubber and, and ink and stuff like that. So I was looking at this research on Pousset and there was this place called the Gallery of the Old Post Office. And I was looking at this artwork researching Pousset and going, well, what is this thing? If this is in the post office, I do not recognize what this object is. And I'm thinking about this, trying to process this, not realizing this is modern abstract art and that the place may be called the gallery of the old post office, but the object I'm in fact looking at is just an abstract piece of art. It is not in fact an implement from the post office. So I was trying to process that going, this must be a post office implement. It is the gallery of the old post office. And it took me a second to realize, guess what? It, they got all kinds of weird shit there, not just post office shit. So anyway, uh, here I am going, oh, this is very odd. What is this object? Uh, the artwork confused me. Uh, I was searching my mind for a reference to this abstract thing and the ink stained amorphous shape. And then I heard my mom pipe in 
<laughs> my dead mama's piping in while I'm trying to, I'm researching this and it's talking about the post office thing. And mama worked at the post office. I've got a couple family members that did. She pipes in and she goes, well, hey, I could be an exhibit in that old post office. Just hang me up on the wall like a painting. Ye old postal worker, I'd be an exhibit. She just, and then she showed me like a sad sack, like Charlie Brown, hanging up by her shoulders on the wall, going, and like this, uh, you know, that kind of <laughs> defeated balloon look. You know, I was like, this is a ye old postal worker. This is the ink stained postal worker at the old postal office. Anyway, so that's, that's my mama's sense of humor. And she popped up and told me that in my head while I was researching this. So there you go. You're welcome. Doot, 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 doot. That was my mom's weird sense of humor. Doot, 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 doot. And she's art in her head. Okay. And apparently in my head too. You're welcome. And now yours. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Um, the thing I wanted to translate out or round out about here. There was a lot of trauma at the house on Valencia Street before we even got there with the ghosts and the dreams that I had that I'd never had before when I was just becoming conscious of time and having these reoccurring dreams about me being a dancer and jumping up in the air and then time freezing and suddenly me being in a place where there is no time. I was in some other dimension and I didn't understand what it was. Those dreams started at Valencia Street House. I wouldn't say it was a portal. I do know that harm happened to spirits there. I do know that physical objects and people were slapped and flowers were bent there. Without human hands on some of that. In between the trauma and my mama getting beaten to the hospital and me writing letters to mama because I wanted to come home because my slippery dad was showing me how he negotiated things. Um, I stumbled upon this writing of Colette that really kind of gave me a sense of what it felt like to be my, my mother's daughter. Because in the middle of all this, my mother was planting snapdragons and that uh, she'd always try to place some irises or I can see these flowers in my head that look like little trumpets and purples and whites and wow. Anyway. <laughs> part of her getting her own independence and um, enjoying the rentals that she lived at usually always rentals was she'd plant flowers every once in a while just to kind of say here is some earth here is some place where I live it is nominal it is small but it is what my body can give when I'm having to squeeze all the youth out of it like toothpaste in a tube all those joint surgeries that she had because of the work she was doing at the post office for so many years. Anyway, I'll round out this with a quote from Colette, the French author, the one that I'm considering going to visit her old home. Uh, La Maison de Colette. Uh, that would be Colette's old home. Uh, this is from saint sauveur en posse saint sauveur en posse um, which is... Um, uh, Savior Saint uh, in, in Poussey, which is the, the city uh, where her house is. And, uh, this is from an interview with Yannick Bellon in 1950, so about 73 years ago. This has been translated from French. Perhaps our neighbors in their gardens experienced our peace, where animals and people experience themselves gently, 
a garden where, for thirty years, a husband and wife lived without raising their voices. It seems strange to me now that I knew my father so little. My attention, my fervor, towards Sido, denied only occasionally. Sido, ma mère, I could never get enough or love her enough. On coming from school, I greeted my mother, the garden, the dance of animals. My arrival coincided with watering time, and I still cherish that hour of dusk, the green watering can that doused my blue satin dress and the robust odor of composted soil. All vegetation acted on Cedo like an antidote. She had a strange way of lifting roses by the chin to look at them in the face. Childhood, happy childhood. Hmm. Colette. Hmm? Ah, merci beaucoup. Hmm? Yes. All right then. Well, from my family to yours, from my ancestors to yours, I hope that you know joy today. I certainly have. <laughs> Part of that, I'll go back and read what she wrote. Well, hey, I could be an exhibit in the old post office. Hang me up on the wall like a painting. Ye old postal worker. I'd be an exhibit. <laughs> That's what my mama piped in today when I was this weekend while I was researching Colette. Hmm. Colette is a complicated character. She made some moral and ethical decisions that I might not have. Yet she also was a brave, brave soul. She was one of the first... Uh, reporters, was it World War One? Yeah, on the front lines as a woman as well. Mm, Colette. Mm. I would have loved to have had a cup of tea with Colette in her mother's garden, Cito. Mm. Well, thank you for coming to my ancestor's garden today. Please understand you're not alone. You're never going to be alone. Not here at the house on Valencia Street. Sometimes it's whether you like it or not. <laughs>